Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What? <laughs> you being me out at. I am being me out at. Wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> And welcome to episode 216 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty! (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. (laughs) I was very happy with that one. I thought, lull you into a false sense of security by having an intro we've used before and then sneak some bits in. (laughs) Yes, don't know where you got that idea from at all. So I get to explain why you've done that? <laughs> yes, yes, I think you probably should. Um, on, on my Twitch channel, I made all of the sound effects that happen with all the notifications and things have a different cat or kitten meow at the end, and a lot of them are uh, <laughs> clips of heavy metal tracks or explosions and things like that. Um, yes. And uh, it makes me laugh much more than it should. <laughs> I did it to make people watching laugh, but I end up just giggling ridiculously <laughs> whenever they play now, so it's... <laughs> Uh, and and the kitty 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 yeah i i never realized how much i said things like that yes until people started pointing it out to me now whenever i do it in real life i see i see a dog or i see a cat and i'm like oh kitty kitty oh puppy oh it's a puppy and i'm just sort of like i just point things out this is just apparently something i do and yeah when, when you've been online for a while and then people start repeating the things back at you and you're like why are they saying that and then they're like you say it all the time yeah. it's just a it's a pavlovian response ironically to a cat not a dog um yes. <laughs> just say kitty 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 and yeah it's weird you find out a lot about yourself when you're doing this kind of stuff yes very true <laughs> <laughs> so uh, apart from uh, twitch streaming what other exciting things have you been up to this week well i'm quite exhausted at the moment because i was up in birmingham for a couple of reasons one of them being to have a small acting role and a larger behind the scenes role helping out jaws 19 with his second short film yes so that was a lot of fun. What's the movie? Are you allowed to say? It's a short film called A Switch. And um, I guess people are going to make the kind of comparison type thing because it's now the uh, the show everyone is compared to for anything ever along those lines. Of, but I think, I guess people are going to say a little bit Black Mirror-y in some ways. Right. It's got that sort of slightly darker emotional sort of I guess a tiny bit sci-fi edge human drama-y type thing that's about all I can say without kind of giving too much away but it will be up on the Jaws 19 YouTube channel um, and it was funded by all of his viewers as well oh, so cool. it's crowdfunded 
movie, which was amazing. And I was really honoured to be given the chance to do a bit of acting and kind of stretch myself a little bit <laughs> in that direction rather than just the presenting and presenting and interviewing stuff. And yeah, get to use my film degree a little bit and help out behind the scenes because I very rarely get to do that. <laughs> awesome. That's good. And uh, you did something else while you were up in Birmingham as well. Yes. Uh, well, when I wasn't obsessively arranging mugs, which is something um, <laughs> I was in charge of on the movie set, because there's a, there's a scene where there's quite a few mugs on a table and some of them get taken away and another one gets brought in. And every time you reset the camera, reset the scene, do another take, yes. uh, I was in charge of continuity. So I was making sure all of the mugs were in exactly the same places. And Hannah, um, I've become very <laughs> mug focused. <laughs> I didn't like tea and hot drinks to start with. And the amount of mugs in this film <laughs> that have to be in exactly the same place. I found it very satisfying though. I very much enjoyed it. I think I might find my calling in life there. And <laughs> when I wasn't rearranging mugs, I snuck away for a day to insomnia as well, where, yes. where I got to see your good self. Yes, yes, very true. Um, it's your first time in insomnia. What did you think? I can see why people go and do it for the whole four days because you have an entire hall that's effectively a giant LAN party and you camp out and you play games. I could only go there for the one day on the Friday Day, which is the quietest day and I think it's very much designed for people to go and spend like sort of three or four days there and be playing massive epic tournaments with people yeah I agree with that it's a slightly weird one because it is I mean they, they tout it as being like the largest gaming festival in the UK and whilst that is probably true a large portion of it are things like land parties so the main kind of bit uh, not helped by the fact that it was up against uh, Gamescon in Berlin this weekend as well but mm. um, the the main sort of hall which shows games had some big stuff there you had like a huge PlayStation stand and there was a few indie games and there was an indie section the, the infamous tentacle stand was there uh, so you know it, it did have a lot of that sort of stuff but the hall with general public being able to go up and seeing new games isn't that big compared to some of the others. It's sort of the the land party stuff and things that really expand that out. So uh, it's definitely worth going to do if you're uh, into pro gaming and stuff. It's it's worth going to see, I think. Yeah, I think if you're just going for just to look at some games, some try new games, um, they had a nice retro section. They had a decently stocked indie section. A whole, they had a good range of different things going on. Yeah. Um, but if you're just going to look at games, then you only really need one day there because it is it's that's only kind of a, a portion of the event. Yeah. And I think it's quite nice that they have a giant because I remember LAN parties and I loved LAN parties and I thought they didn't really happen anymore. So the fact that this event is so focused on that helps sort of make it stand apart. So those people who want to go and just spend all day trying new games, seeing AAA games, finding new indie games, they're probably going to go to things like EGX. But the people who are the sort of the, the massively into their esports massively into LAN parties and competitive gaming, then they can have four days of camping out at the NEC yes. in Birmingham doing that. So it's interesting because it's I think Insomnia is the only one that's doing that on that scale. Yeah, I think that's probably true. We had fun sort of there for the day because uh, I I went for the for the one day as well. And uh, it was nice talking to, to some of the uh, indie guys. There was that huge medieval stand. Um, mm. Ubisoft had a big thing there, but unfortunately was ticketed and separated off because they were raising money for charity, which is great. But it does mean that all the Ubisoft stuff was behind a separate 
ticketed area, which was a bit of a pain. But, you know, I hopefully they raised lots of money for charity for that. But the indie game section was where we spent most of our time. There was one particular game which uh, you interviewed the guys from as well. Yeah, Papercut Mansion. I was drawn to that stall immediately. It's amazing, they'd, that stall. Yeah, yeah they, the, the whole game has been textured and designed so everything looks and moves and behaves as if it's made of cardboard and is handmade. Utterly gorgeous, uh, procedurally generated escape room labyrinth game. Very, very early in development now. Absolutely lovely team of two building it. And they'd made the whole stand look like it was made of cardboard. Even the controllers, the, the, the headphones, everything. And I had to talk to those guys. So I wasn't planning on doing any, or I wasn't going to be insomnia at all. I ended up with a free day and just luckily able to, to get in there for the day. And I hadn't brought any of my equipment. So we did it kind of on the low budget style with um, <laughs> D- Dave here acting as the, the camera man and, tripod, and camera yes. stand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I had my mic with me in case I was still up there today and needed to do this podcast from Birmingham because uh, yes. I wasn't sure when the film shoot would actually wrap up. Um, yeah, I had to, I just had to, to interview them because it was just so beautiful and so unique and I love games with really interesting textures and feels and sort of dreamlike qualities that really stand out from everything that's trying to be cool and perfectly yeah. 3D and, and I mean I like those things too but there's just something really endearing about a game that looks handmade it just uh, it really speaks to me yeah it was really pretty that game and uh it's a sort of escape room, kind of virtual escape room sort of thing. I was uh, really fascinated by it. I thought, you know, it looked lovely. They, uh, they've they done an, an amazing job with it. They're still only in, in very, very early development with that, aren't they? It's sort of an early yeah, alpha that's build. Still, that's the alpha build. And the only playable part they had with them was effectively a tutorial level, although I was enjoying playing that. It was taking you through all the different mechanisms and they were gathering lots of feedback from people to see how intuitive or not it was because it's quite different to a lot of other games and yeah the the actual full gameplay will be procedurally generated different every time you play it the puzzles will all be generated as well from sort of uh, databases of different things it can use and i just thought that was a absolutely wonderful approach so i really enjoyed that we also saw some some wonderful dice i'm trying to remember the name of the the company that made the dice. I think I've got one of their leaflets here. You, you have, uh, yes. Oh, well, the company's called GameT.co.uk. But they had D&D dice, for the people that are into D&D tabletop gaming, made from semi-precious gemstones and gemstones set with glitter in and all sorts of one-off sets. Those they were, were beautiful. Those were beautiful. Really they, beautiful. They, yeah, they, they cost an appropriate amount for semi-precious gems, but you won't see like anything like that anywhere else. And they were really, really lovely guys going to a massive conversation about D&D with, with one yeah. of the people on the store. Who else did we see? Uh, Pixel Games UK. Yes. Retro Games. Very reasonably priced retro games. And yeah, I picked up my first ever N64. Yes. Yeah. That was uh, that was quite awesome. It's the one console you haven't had, the N64. Uh, yeah, I didn't own the N64. So they were doing reasonable deals on those and games. And I also picked up the Brawler 64 gamepad, uh, which I'd never seen before. But um, yeah, it's a, a completely differently styled N64 gamepad that yeah. works with the N64 itself because yeah. um, I, I never massively got on with the controllers no, for the N64 well, the, they're slightly of, weird they are very weird the N64 controllers they, for those that remember them they designed for aliens that have three hands um, <laughs> so they were very weird those controllers but uh, yeah the, the uh, that additional gamepad I think looks like it works really well it's more of a traditional layout which is great yeah I haven't had a chance to try it yet but it came in all sorts of different colours including transparent purple so obviously yes 
that that had to be had. So I'm definitely looking forward to that and giving that a go. So yeah, I mean, it was a good mix at Insomnia. I did, I did enjoy it. I just thought that for anyone who's not actually staying overnight and doing the evening events, because obviously they had the dark room and one of the evenings yeah, they yeah. had the LAN parties go on all night. It's called Insomnia for a reason. <laughs> uh, and if, if you're not staying for multiple days and camping out, I think it's just kind of a one day thing. Quite nice, quite chilled, especially because we were there on the Friday. Not too busy, quite nice and chilled. Yeah, they do have uh, cosplay competitions going on, although we didn't see much cosplay on the Friday, but I suspect there was more over the weekend. And uh, they've got big pro gaming tournaments going on. There was a bunch of YouTubers there where they were doing meet and greets. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on at, uh, at that show. It is worth checking out. As I say, maybe not quite as much if you're just going to look at new games and things, but in terms of the culture and everything else, it's it's well worth going to spend some time over there, definitely. What else have you been up to? Anything? Dude, you always ask me that. You say, what else have you been doing? And I just, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. It could be because my life's so exciting that I just can't keep track of it all, or I, just because I've never had enough sleep. I, I'm sure both of those are true. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with both because it makes me sound cooler than I am. How about you? What have you been up to? Let's uh, just throw this back on you. Well, TV shows wise, obviously I was insomnia as well. Have fun there. But TV shows wise, Mindhunter season two finished watching that. Pretty much a straight continuation of the first season. If you like the first season, you'll love the second season. The only mild misstep I would say in season two is there is a relationship between Anna Tove's character and uh, she gets a new girlfriend that whole sort of subplot doesn't really do anything for me just because it kind of meanders along and doesn't really add anything to the story and doesn't really go anywhere and kind of feels like they put it in to give Anna Tove something to do in the series rather than actually utilising her a bit more in the main plot and she does come into the main plot a bit more but it feels like it was a way of padding out her role and I hope they use her character a bit more should it come back for another season which I suspect it will but overall i thought it was brilliant they're kind of circling around the the uh, btk killer although that wasn't the focus this time around uh, but it does come up and the you know they start and end some of the episodes with little vignettes around a particular serial killer and it was btk this time I really enjoyed it. Um, I would say, if certainly if you're into the true crime genre, go watch Mindhunter. It was really good. Brassic, I caught the first episode of that. Hilarious. This is the new show which has been trailered absolutely everywhere. It's got sort of... Well, the one thing that came to mind was, imagine if you mixed train spotting with Last of the Summer Wine. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting description. Um, got my curiosity now. Because uh, the open opening is very much a sort of homage to train spotting with him doing the sort of choose life thing but it's it's a sort of very different connotation of that and it's set in this small village it's about a group of kind of slightly shady friends that are taking drugs they're they're growing weed they're stealing cars they live in this in a sort of typical little english backwater town that's kind of been ignored and they they talk about the fact that it sort of has its own set of rules because of the fact that it's ignored by the general public it's really funny and very well put together they get into various different situations like you know he won 
wants to go and get his friend into a card game, but to do that, it means he's got to babysit somebody's child, and then he gets a call about somebody coming to his trailer, so he has to take the child with him. So it ends up being like one thing snowballs into something else, which snowballs into something else, uh, and they end up stealing a horse. It's ridiculous. It's funny. Uh, all episodes are up on Sky on Demand now. I would definitely go and watch that. I thought it was really good. Peaky Blinders as well also came back, which I actually saw a few weeks back at the premiere, but I haven't been able to talk about it because of the fact that it was the premiere and it's only just now go out, gone out on TV. Absolutely fabulous. We got to see uh, Tommy, who is now back as a MP. The basic plot for this is they've been trying to sort of get out of the illegal trade and have been doing that reasonably successfully investing in the stock market. Unfortunately, 1929 is when the massive Wall Street crash happens, which kind of pushes them back into the illegal trade to try and make some money back. So that's the sort of basic setup for it. You've got to see a number of characters, uh, such as Finn, uh, played by Harry Curtin, who has uh, come a bit more up in the world this time. So he's he's kind of taking a bit more of a lead. Harry's fabulous because when we first interviewed him on the red carpet, he was like still in um, acting school. They kind of pulled him straight out of acting school to go on to it. He's got a slightly larger role this time around. So that's good. You get to see a bit more of the sort of expanded world with Michael out in New York, just as fabulous as it has been previously. It's his first time on BBC One and seems to have gone down massively well. I'll be very interested to see what the numbers are like when they come out. We've got a lot of news to get through this week, so I think we'll go on to the TV and film news. We kick off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. Uh, not actually any cancellations, I don't think, this week, but there's some interesting kind of new pickups and uh, changes for you, Gay TV. Sky are launching two new channels. They're launching Sky Crime and Sky Comedy, and they have announced a bunch of pickups for the new Sky Comedy channel and for Sky Crime, but you won't really know any of those shows because that's like a true crime channel they're launching. But Sky Comedy was the slightly more interesting one. They've picked up... Up, uh, AP Bio, which has been without a UK home for a while, that's now coming. Righteous Gemstones, which is a HBO show, so Sky automatically have the rights to all the HBO shows, uh, but that's from Danny McBride. Sunnyside, they've picked up as well, which is Carl Penn's new comedy uh, about a former NYC councilman who uh, finds his calling helping six immigrants f- searching for the American dream. That looks very funny. They've also announced that. Uh, Tonight's show with Jimmy Fallon will be permanently airing on there. Last week, Tonight is moving over onto there, and they're going to be airing Saturday Night Live on Sky Comedy as well, which I think is the first time it's ever had a permanent home in the UK, and given what a massive comedy titan that show is in the US. So uh, that's really good news. That's not launching until February next year, but uh, I think that could be a really interesting uh, new channel if you're into comedy. I think that we want to watch out for. There's some movie news that dropped this week. Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are returning in The Matrix for a fourth outing from Lana Wyszkowski. Fancy a fourth Matrix film? I wasn't in 
incredibly keen on the last one. No, I no, um, I would agree with you there, yes. But it has been a reasonable amount of time since then. I mean, we're on this later this year will be the 20th anniversary of the original Matrix. Yes. Which is quite terrifying to think because I definitely remember seeing that in the cinema, what I would assume was only a few years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really know because it's only Lana. I think it's just one of the Wachowskis uh, rather than both and someone else will be assisting with the script. So it's going to be, it will be different just because of that um, I'm not sure if that will make it better or worse obviously um, but it will definitely be different it's a really difficult one to make any predictions about yes. at all I think it could be good it will at least be very pretty because everything the Wachowskis do looks lovely yes it's I just it, plot yes yeah it's very much a wait and see thing but if there is because I've always said about the Wachowskis is that the stuff they make is absolutely gorgeous and some of their ideas are awesome but the plots and the scripts I've always found found quite yeah. derivative or that they slightly missed the mark. So maybe if it's one of the Wachowskis and a third party working together, then maybe that will actually bring up some of the elements that I'm not so keen on and work in its favour. Yeah, I'm sort of with you on that. It's a very much a wait and see, but uh, it's going to be interesting returning to that universe and um, hopefully they manage to pull something cool together. And uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves in anything is always worth watching. So Yeah, well, he is currently everywhere. Yes, he is. He is currently everywhere. He's got. Uh, he's in the new Cyberpunk 2077 game. He's got Bill and Ted coming back. Yes, he's going back into his history, yeah, which is Toy good. Story as well. Oh yeah, I think Toy he Story. popped up in the last Toy Story as well. So, yeah, yes. and he is just obviously awesome. Yes, and I believe it's uh, him and Trinity that are both going to come back, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, Lawrence La- La- Fishburne probably not. I think, but uh, yeah, the rumor is that they were going to have a younger. Yes. version of his character so I'm assuming some kind of timey wiminess will be occurring Yes, I mean it could be good the world of the Matrix is very interesting and there's definitely more stories you could tell in that universe yeah. so I'm just going to wait and see we're all probably going to see it because it's going to be big blockbustery and, and have amazing effects and things so we're probably all going to see it yes. um, anyway <laughs> yeah so uh, so yes we've got that coming back also returning James Bond for the 25th movie which we knew was coming uh, now has a name No Time to Die is the name of the new James Bond movie which I think is about as Bondian title as you can possibly get <laughs> it's dramatic it doesn't mean anything it's yes. exciting that's that's how Bond movies like title themselves exactly so uh, yeah that, that's going to be uh, fun I'm sure in the midst of all the other news that came out this week and Netflix dropped a trailer for El Camino a Breaking Bad movie which is coming on Friday the 11th of October this is the movie which has been rumoured to be around for a while sees Aaron Paul return as Jesse very little plot detail other than Jesse is still on the run and to be able to move forward with his life he's got to face his past is basically the the long line for it so we don't really know any more about it than that but it is coming to Netflix on the 11th of October worldwide so uh, that'll be one to watch out for I think definitely and before we get into the main news there was a little bit of Marvel news because a lot of the news this week comes from D23. There was a little bit Marvel news that dropped out prior to D23 which is that Sony and Marvel have basically fallen out over Spider-Man. So Spider-Man it looks at the moment won't be part of the MCU anymore. It's unfortunate it basically seems to be over money. It's really difficult to sort of say who is in the wrong for this because it just seems to be a case of Marvel had quite a 
they had a reasonable deal in place. It was basically 5% of the profits, I think, plus all the merchandising Marvel was getting. That was for a two-movie deal, which saw Marvel boss Kevin Feige sort of oversee produce the uh, films. Kevin's basically tied up with a bunch of other things now, so he wouldn't be back to produce any further. That kind of upset Sony as well. Then Marvel Disney came back and said, we want to split it 50-50, and Sony said, hell no. So, yeah, that's where we're left. It basically looks like they're not going to be kind of working together anymore. Tom Holland was actually at D23 to promote something else, which we'll come to in a bit, but he said, it's been five amazing years, I've had the time of life, who knows what the future holds, but all I know is I'm going to continue playing Spider-Man and have the time of my life. It's going to be so fun, however we choose to do it. The future for Spider-Man will be different, but it will equally be awesome and amazing. I will find new ways to make it even cooler. I suspect what will probably end up happening is now Spider-Man is separated from the main MCU. They will probably fold him into the Venom stuff that they've been creating. Yeah, which is worrying for me because the Venom movie was so far removed from the source material, Mm. whereas the recent stuff they've been doing with Spider-Man has been really in keeping with the tone and the feel and the charm of the Spider-Man things that I've got no idea. Unless they reboot Venom, which would be really nice, and roll it into the Spider-Verse and have a proper version of Venom, although the Venom movie made me laugh, it was a so bad it was good situation, (laughs) Um, then we could have proper Venom, then we could have Maximum Carnage, which I've wanted forever, and do the kind of Venom origin story properly because it's so closely... I mean, even the way he looks is because of his connection to Spider-Man, so that in some ways didn't make any sense in the Venom standalone at all. Um, I think Spider-Man is enough of a property with enough of its own characters that you can make movies entirely without it being connected to the MCU. And I was amazed that they managed to come up with a deal to start with because you're dealing with such important properties. I mean, Spider-Man is a huge, big deal, iconic. So many people know him that don't even know comic books because of the cartoon series and things. Very merchandisable, recognisable character. So the fact we had him in any of the MCU at all, I think was pretty historic and amazing to start with. So if they need to be separate things now, I think they can both independently be pretty awesome without crossing over. Yeah, it's how well Sony can manage it without Marvel's involvement because, uh, well, as you see with the Venom movie and the previous, some of the previous Spider-Man films, they Mm. don't necessarily do so well on their own. But I mean, maybe the fact that the two Marvel movies that they created with Tom Holland went down so well, maybe that have kicked them in the right direction, but we'll we'll have to wait. They've got a framework now that they can build on. Uh, Tom Holland is, I think, my favourite on screen. Yeah, I would say so. I've enjoyed various different ones for different reasons, but I think as a representation of the comic book Spider-Man, I think he's really, really nailed it. And he's taken elements I like from all the previous actors, put his own spin on it. And yeah, hopefully we get a lot more films from him. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, there was sort of, oh no, were they going to reboot it again, was sort of the first reaction. But it, it sounds like that isn't the case, which I'm very thankful for. Tom Holland is very, very happy playing that role. I think, you know, he enjoyed being part of the MCU, but I think, you know, he's. it sounds like he's very happy to carry on being Spider-Man. So that's all good by the sounds yeah. of it. They'll just work it so anytime he needs to mention someone, he'll just be like, oh yeah, I knew a guy once with, you yeah, know, yeah. a cool suit. <laughs> yes. And they'll just, they'll just leave it at that. You I know? mean, that, <laughs> that is the interesting thing is they did focus so much of those movies around his relationship with Tony Stark. Mm. And maybe now it, make, it does make it easier because of course Tony's not around, but you're still using Happy. So I, I don't know. We'll see where they go with it. It's going to be interesting to see how they manage to disconnect the two. 
But um, yeah, this, that's going to be interesting. Well, moving forward, we'll see how they handle it. Moving on, though, most of the news this week comes directly from D23, which is the big Disney Expo, which was out this week. There was so much stuff. Uh, we're going to kick off with Star Wars. Star Wars The Mandalorian had its first trailer, which I know you watched earlier. What did you think? I quite like the fact the trailer didn't give anything away. It was yes. very much setting the scene, atmospheric. It showed you how much money's been thrown at this, definitely, because oh, yeah. it looked gorgeous. I like the idea of this series. Yes. I really do. I like the kind the bounty hunters i think that area you know apart from in the books and all the extended universe stuff but on screen we haven't seen enough i don't think of that part of the star wars universe and it's always intrigued me and a lot of other people so i think it gives them a lot of free reign to do some very interesting stories that aren't so heavily tied into the main trilogies yeah. and sort of go off and do their own smaller adventures that are very much suited to the to the smaller screen so i'm really interested i think i'm more excited about this than i thought i was going to be now yeah i thought the trailer did a great job considering there is very little dialogue in that and the one piece of dialogue that they do give goes to the legend that is Werner herzog uh, mm. at the end uh who you know if you want anybody to speak and he's the only person speaking a trailer you want it to be Werner herzog so uh yeah i thought that was that was great you've got cool shots of of like him chopping somebody in half using a door which yeah, yeah. which i think with a handy cart so you don't actually see yeah, so you don't actually this see. is a Disney based channel this is going on so it's going to be clever what? editing but it yes. gives us an idea that they're not going to pull their punches and that the world of the Mandalorian is actually going to be reasonably cutthroat yeah which is great and uh, I thought that was a lovely little nod as well because you've always looked at those doors because they open and close so quickly and you always <laughs> think they look really dangerous <laughs> so yes apparently they are uh, so uh, yeah that, I thought that was brilliant but uh, you can go to the website you can see the trailer for that now that will be coming out on disney plus now at the moment we don't know when disney plus is launching in the uk they have said that they will launch at some point within the first two years in most major markets but we don't know when it's launching november 12th in the us canada netherlands and australia uh usually the uk will be in that list and for some reason it isn't i suspect due to rights issues because a lot of the disney stuff the rights are with people like Sky at the moment. So I think they're possibly waiting a little bit. We have been saying that one thing they could do is uh, you have Disney Life, the streaming service over here. And if they wanted to cut down on piracy, you could dump the original series onto the Disney Life streaming service. That would be one way of maybe cutting down on people trying to pirate the Mandalorian when it first comes out. But uh, we'll have to see how they handle things. But at the moment, we don't know exactly when Disney Plus is launching over here. Um, mm. It's probably it's quite coming, important but... for them to get it being released everywhere as simultaneously as they can. Otherwise, people, yeah, Certainly Star Wars fans forward. are not known yeah. for their patience. They they will need to see it immediately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so it is launching, as I say, November 12th. The show will launch with Disney Plus in USA, Canada, Netherlands and Australia and will probably be pirated everywhere else in the world. But uh, <laughs> yes, so that's one thing to look out for. Hopefully we'll get some news on when it launches in the UK. Following the last week's rumours, Disney Plus have confirmed that Ewan McGregor is returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi in an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, be a few years probably before we see that, but that I'm very much looking forward to. Happy to see Ewan McGregor back. Yeah, I mean, he loves that role. I think he's made it quite clear on various occasions that he'd happily play yes. Obi-Wan again. So I think there's going to be a lot of people that will be very much looking forward to that one. Yes, we've been crying out for, for that. Everything since they started doing separate movies, there's a lot of fans been crying out for like a movie version. So a series seems like the obvious way to go for that. 
that. I think that's awesome. Uh, the big Star Wars news was they showed some new footage of Rise of Skywalker. The new footage hasn't shown up online, but there are a few descriptions floating around. The description that I found talks about the main band of heroes looking over a grand bazaar in the desert, almost like a Star Wars farmer's market, as far as the eye can see. Uh, there's a shot of a bunch of resistance starships coming out of hyperspace together. Uh, Finn and uh, new character Jana look up at those ships and see just a sea of star destroyers, dozens of them filling the entire frame. There was a shot of C-3PO with red eyes, a shot of Daisy Ridley's Ray throwing her blue lightsaber almost like a boomerang and cutting down a tree, then coming back to her. Later, she and Adam Driver's Kylo fight on what seems to be a crash ship amongst a very rough body of water. Waves crashing all around them as they fight with their sabers. It's what you get a glimpse of in the new poster that was also released today. You then hear Emperor Palpatine's voice saying the journey nears its end. A dark hooded figure looks up. It's Rey. She's in black. You'd call them Sith robes, holding what looks like two red lightsabers very close together. We then realize the sabers are connected and fold either to be a long sort of Darth Maul saber, double-ended, or two sabers that almost resemble like a tuning fork sort of upwards. So we just finished recording the podcast and this happened. Oh, Star Wars footage release just checked and it, the, the footage has just been released. So we actually get to do this live and uh, we're going to watch it together and uh, we'll watch through the trailer and uh, you can get some reaction as we go through. This, 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 is, this, is, a, this is a first, isn't it, for Geek this Town? Is, this live is the first, yes. Reaction watching. You're going to have to count us down so we press play at the same time. It's dramatic. Okay. Three, two, one, play. The screen's black. Yes, the screen's I'm black. I'm assuming this was very dramatic for people sat in a big room, not so much on my <laughs> my laptop screen. Yes, it's like, why well, is it working? So lots of... Oh, the sky. Yes. Yes, so lots and lots of footage. Aww. Historical, looking back at footage. Yes, looking back at footage, diverters. I want to see the new things. I want to see the new things. This yes. is all very nostalgic. Yes, Show this is new lovely bits. and nostalgic. We want to see the new bits. I'm starting to wonder if we've been tricked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we knew this was coming. It's, there is some new bits. There are some new bits. It's reminding me how much the old effects really hold up, actually. Yeah, it's amazing. They're still beautiful. Bit of more, but there's everybody. Yes. Lots of years, yes, the prequels, nobody liked those. Get forward. <laughs> yeah. oh. Might have to do the reaction bit to the last bit. <laughs> mostly shots of things I've already oh. seen. Yeah. We're nearly up to date. Where's the new bits? Here we go. Christmas, it's going to be a Christmas movie. We knew that. Oh. They are going to have Lear in it. Oh. That, that is a phenomenal that's, amount of spaceships in the sky. Oh, yes. Ray cutting yes, a tree it, in half. Oh, yeah. It's very boomerang-like, which is plausible with the way they're weighted. That Oh, is that a crashed spaceship or is that a I, piece I, of land? I think it's a... I'm not sure. That could go either way. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's the lightsaber. Ooh, that's a tasty laugh. 
Someone's going to do slow-mos just of that bit. I want to watch that tiny bit again. I need to pause it on that bit and yes, look at that yes, lightsaber. Yes, go back and look at that lightsaber again. <laughs> that's that's what I want to do. Just look at the lightsaber. So, so yes. Oh, it's only a couple of seconds. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Yeah, so it's not really like a shooting fork, as, as the description said. It, it's basically two lightsabers yeah, clashed together in the, the middle. Bit to hold, yeah, to hold it hasn't it got on. the fork bit to, to it, it looks like she's just lit it up while it's kind of folded. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's just for storage, because you couldn't really yeah. fight with it like that. No, I don't think it's designed for, for fighting with like that. I wouldn't have thought. I think that's the cynical part of my brain says, hmm, merchandising. Yeah, um, oh, well, yes. Yes, but that is definitely. I mean, it's she's, dramatic. She's going to be fighting with a double-ended lightsaber by the looks of things. But it's. I it's approve of that outfit. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a very goth outfit. So yeah, just just scrolling back through the trailer a little bit. Yeah, no, I think that is a crashed ship that they're uh, they're fighting on. That does look like some sort of crashed ship. Yeah, because it, it's either that or the top of a building or something that they're fighting on, but surrounded by yeah. waves. Uh, there, there are some beautiful shots in this. Yeah. The colours are lovely. Ray cutting down trees with her lightsaber. We've got Princess Leia back in it. So Yes, well we knew how... I, I think what they've done is they've taken footage that JJ shot for the original film and then cut her out and used her again. So it was stuff yeah. that they didn't use in the original film, which is why she's wearing the same outfit. I assumed her role was going to be very, very minimal. But I guess, I mean, they just want to show her in the trailer regardless, I guess. Yeah, I mean, just show that they've used them. But I, I suspect they've kind of cut her out and used her on this. But that it looks seamless that, if that's what they've done. Yeah, that shot of that big bazaar looks kind of interesting. Um, I love those kind of parts of, of Star Wars. So those big world building, seeing the ordinary people, seeing the, the life of sort of interstellar travel and trading and different races coming together yeah. so if they're going to have a bit more of that that would be really interesting seeing them interacting more with with normal people because we didn't get a huge amount of that in the in the previous film yeah and then you've got that that shot of all the ships flying in uh there's a the the rebel ships like a cluster of rebel ships together and then a ridiculous amount i mean literally like the sky filled with Star Destroyers, uh, yeah. I, I, I think those are two completely separate shots by the looks of things. I'm assuming they're from two completely different parts of the movies, but it yeah. gives you a contrast. We know our guys are outnumbered. Yes, they are very much outnumbered with that because, I mean, it is, I've never seen so many in one place. There is, it's literally the entire screen is filled with Star filled with. And Star they're moving, so there's more of them presumably yes. just off either side of that shot as well. So that is probably one of the largest Star Destroyer fleets that we've ever seen. Yes, C-3PO with red eyes, that is there. Some big laser crashing into a planet. Yeah, um, is this just, do we just assume this is reprogrammed evil C-3PO is generally red eyes tends to indicate with robots? Possibly, yes. Difficult to say. Kylo still using his uh, slightly janky lightsaber. Yeah, well, he's emotionally attached to that one. He's not going to give it up. He's uh, still got uh, granddaddy issues going on there. Yes, yes, uh, Ray just likes upgrades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. She's upgraded her uniform, her makeup, her yes. lightsaber. Definitely gone goth. Definitely, yeah, definitely gone goth. Definitely seeing the dark side of Ray here, whether she's actually evil or not. But if she's got yeah. actual red sabers, that would imply she's definitely exploring 
her darker side. <laughs> yes. Although they keep saying that they're moving away from the light side and the dark side and all the inclusion of the things like the wills and the the idea that the force was never supposed to be divided. It's yin yang. It's supposed to be equal. And the whole, this whole notion that Ray and Kylo were the two different sides of that yin yang. If they've both got red sabers. Yeah, I've been. But again, it can, we so come it back to the thing pretending. of. It could just yeah, you it, know, as you it, said earlier, a dream sequence. Could be a dream sequence. But the film is called Rise of Skywalker. And the only Skywalker we know of that's still around at the moment is Kylo, a.k.a. Ben. Although he's technically is solo, but I mean, you know, he is a Skywalker through his mother. So, but we don't know Ray's parentage unless they are nobodies. As yeah. they said last this snippet has given me zero idea of the plot a lot yeah. of nostalgia which is which is always good i think when you, uh, you, know, yeah, you don't and want a to desire to buy a black cape and um glue several of my lightsabers together yes <laughs> <laughs> awesome Moving on to Marvel, which of course was another large part of the uh, Disney Plus panel, they've announced three new Marvel live action series, uh, She-Hulk, Moon Knight and Miss Marvel are the three new series. Do you particularly know any of these characters? Yeah, I, I, well, I know all of them. She-Hulk just makes me think of the Hulk series as we had back in yes. the... Back in the day, back in the, day. the 70s. I won't say when. Um, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not. It was 70s, but you probably saw them on reruns. I'm being generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheers. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Uh, yes, no, uh, 70s and 80s, uh, those those shows were. Um, yeah, and, and the, it's kind of hard not to do um, those characters in a cheesy way, but then they've done very well with Hulk yeah. in, in the MCU, so we'll just see have to, have to see where they go with She-Hulk, which is a fairly similar character, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, it isn't a series I'm kind of like desperate to see, but equally I'm not going to say no to, to more Marvel series, and she's quite a fun character. Yeah, for, for those of you that don't know the backstory, the basic backstory of She-Hulk, uh, Jen Jennifer Walters, she's a lawyer, gets shot while investigating a crime bus. Uh, she has a rare blood type, but luckily she happens to be visited by her cousin at the time who out with the transfusion. Unfortunately, that cousin is Bruce Banner, who of course is the Hulk, and the transfusion turns her into She-Hulk. So that's the sort of basic setup for that one. Moon Knight, this is a character which I know has been incredibly popular and people have been crying out for a series for this in amongst the sort of Marvel communities online. Moon Knight, you might not know, but uh, Mark Spector, an ex-CIA agent who finds himself working as a mercenary in Egypt for a terrorist named Bushman, pair stumble across an archaeological dig site full of valuables, which the Bushman turns on Spectre and leave him for dead. He crawls to a nearby ancient tomb and he's saved by the Egyptian deity Khonshu, I think that's probably is. After smashing Bushman's operations, he returns to New York, creates a costumed hero called Moon Knight, aka the Fist of Khonshu, to distance himself from a past Spectre invents two new identities, a millionaire called Steve Grant and a cab driver called Jake Lockley to kind of stay in touch with the criminal underground. Uh, however, he finds himself struggling with his multiple personalities and his immoral inclinations. That's the uh, the sort of background to that character. I didn't know Moon Knight at all, but I know people were very excited when this got announced. Just from that description, you can see why people kind of say, well, he's just the analogue, you know, Batman type character because it's the right, millionaire yeah. versus the so 
it does get a lot of those comparisons. You can find absolutely loads of videos on YouTube of people explaining why Moon Knight is cooler than Batman. (laughs) Like that's kind of a big debate that's gone on for a very long time. Um, It isn't a series I've read huge amounts of, but it is a very interesting character and the way he has these different identities. And I think he's definitely one that's deserved a series and fans will be incredibly happy because I don't think he's ever been on the screen. I I can't think think of where he's ever even cameoed, even in some of the maybe in a couple of the animated series I but I can't think of anything off the top of my head so certainly this is the biggest thing that's ever been done with him in a, in a mainstream media so yeah his fans are going to be incredibly happy about that yeah that one will go down very well uh I, it's kind of intriguing I I quite like that he was part of the defenders he, he seems to show up with around the defenders quite a lot as well so it's one of those that i rather suspect may have ended up on defender series had netflix not cancelled them all <laughs> very happy to see him miss marvel is the other one which has been touted as a movie for a while but uh, they've now decided they're going to do it as a series uh, miss marvel's been around for a while because carol danvers originally used that identity but it's the latest version the camilla khan version that they're going to be using so this is a uh, teenage pakistani american from a religious family in new jersey in the comic book storyline she discovers she has an inhuman gene and gains shape-shifting abilities and names herself miss marvel after her idol carol danvers so uh, that's the sort of basic setup for that i mean i again i don't know the character particularly but yeah i mean i know the original miss marvel when carol danvers was miss marvel and all of the storylines that were very very closely connected to the x-men story storylines yeah it was carol danvers miss marvel that rogue drained in order to gain the ability of um, super strength and flight and she spent many many decades in a coma um, <laughs> right and um the, the carol danvers character who is now being called captain marvel yes. um was never what i was particularly attached to right. um so as a result i haven't read any of this latest miss marvel stuff because it just it's, it's not really a franchise I've, yeah. Yeah, I'm not really a franchise i've ever been that interested in it was sort of a a joke between quite a few x-men fans that the best thing ms marvel did was just be put in a cobra by rogue um, because she just isn't a character that a lot of people connected with and in fact that the, the captain marvel stuff that we currently have carol danvers um is much more like a later version of her called binary right, um, okay. the the op nature of captain marvel effectively makes her much more similar to when she renames herself to binary but ah. that obviously for, for branding reasons yes. <laughs> not quite as strong and uh, a different character is actually called captain marvel whose name is marvel right it's, yes yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's all very confusing in the comic book world um, yeah particularly people constantly the, in, change names and take yeah. on each other's mantles and and things like that <laughs> yes it, it is it is very very confusing particularly marvel i mean you know dc can be a bit all over the place sometimes but the marvel stuff and uh, the comic book marvel stuff is is insane quite difficult to find a point to hop in which is why they've kind of tried resetting things every so often but that just makes it more confusing mm. quite often well so, you say that that Marvel is the more confusing. DC are the ones that did the entire New 52 where they restarted 52 lines of things and made 52 universes in it and then retconned most of that and then reset it back to sort well, of how yes. it was before but not quite, which yeah. I think is incredibly confusing because I've seen people at Comic-Cons arguing four different arguments which contradict, but all of them are correct. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this new Miss Marvel series, it, it isn't a version of the character I know incredibly well, so I can't really make much of a call on it because I don't know the comic books, but having a, a wider variety of Marvel shows and having maybe having one like this that isn't 
as beloved, as well known, will all mean yeah, that it I mean, will bring in some new fans to that franchise. Hopefully, the new Miss Marvel stuff is better than the stuff I read in the early nineties. Well, yeah, I, I believe it is. I mean, this this version, the Camilla Khan version of Miss Marvel, appears to have been quite popular. So uh, I yeah. think that makes sense to use her as the basis for the TV show. Yeah, she may well be one that's got much more of a, a younger fan base, or yeah. was, was an entry point for younger fans. So maybe that's a good reason to make her an entry point for some younger fans to the TV series that they're putting together. Yes, yes. Uh, so those three will join uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, One Division, Loki, Hawkeye, uh, which are the other shows that are coming. They have released a new publicity poster of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Winter Soldier has short hair. So What? Travesty. So they've, they've chopped his hair off. Uh, there's a very funny poster for One Division as well, which is done like one of those kind of 1950s home ads with the sat on a sofa together in kind of 1950s gear which i thought was quite cool so i have to look that up <laughs> so yes I, I saw those as well but uh yeah so that's that's all looks good as i say we don't know when disney plus is launching over here but uh by the time it does launch over here we should have those shows on there as well so uh we'll be closer to those shows being on uh there was a few bits of other disney plus tv news as well cat dennings who played jane foster's assistant darcy in the first two thor movies movies is reprising her role in one division as will randall park who returns as fbi agent and shield veteran jimmy woo from ant-man and wasp emily van camp is returning as sharon carter grandniece of uh, captain america's love interest peggy carter so she's joining falcon and winter soldier they showed a little bit of footage from the What If animated series, which had a zombie version of Captain America, Peggy Carter as Captain Britain, Star-Lord as a black guy, uh, Iron Man as a giant mech piloted by a skinny Steve Rogers. So uh, that What If series sounds like it's going to be quite good fun, even if it is an animated one. Um, outside Marvel, they showed uh, footage of the live-action remake of Lady and the Tramp, The World According to Jeff Gold Goldblum, which sounds awesome because I'd listen to Jeff Goldblum all day and it's just basically Jeff Goldblum explaining stuff. Uh, I think Jeff Goldblum should just start a cult. Yeah, absolutely. People I'm, are I'm so in. ridiculously happy with the news that there's going to be a show for him. Um, yes. And we had that giant statue type thing oh, in yes, Central London yeah. at one point, um, yeah, reclining, yeah. people going and travelling miles to take Hilarious. photos of it. Yeah, um, yeah um, I, I, he can't fail really with the show because people just are on board with his personality oh yeah yeah no totally so they showed some footage from that as well I think there's some trailers kicking around for that uh, they released a trailer for the terribly titled High School Musical colon the musical colon the series which follows a group of kids who go to the school the original High School Musical was based on and they're putting on their own production of High School Musical yes the producers are entirely aware how utterly meta the idea of this series is apparently that sounds like hell to me um, yeah, it's not honest. something I'm, I'm hugely interested in watching. And the title yeah. is terrible. But um, It does slightly remind me of that one episode of Supernatural where they go to a uh, college where they're putting on a oh, yeah. play about Supernatural. the books in Supernatural, which yeah. are called Supernatural, that are based on their lives. And they made the play all based on what the real life fans write about the TV show. And it just got ridiculously fourth wall breaky. Yeah. Um, oh, so, I, I love it when they do that in Supernatural. <laughs> though it's like when they ended up on a tv show called supernatural yeah and, and met jared and jensen the actors i just <laughs> i love yeah, it when you can get away with it amazing. 
yeah. they, they can do it so well. So I guess the president is set that if you have a fan base who love things that much, maybe can they can do something similar for High School Musical. I don't yes. think it would be as good as the fourth wall breaking meta stuff they did in Supernatural. But yes. uh, so for the, people that like High School Musical, maybe that's the equivalent. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, so, so there is a trailer for that kicking around. Lizzie McGuire is coming back with Hilary Duff back in the role uh, and creator Terry Minsky returning as the showrunner. Uh, jumps forward to find Lizzie as an adult pushing 30 and living her best life, apparently. I have no idea about that show, but uh, yes, that is there. Disney Channel has greenlit Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which is uh, obviously Disney Channel, so it's aimed at a younger audience. Series follows the adventures of a 13-year-old super genius and her 10-ton T-Rex Devil Dinosaur after Luana accidentally brings Devil Dinosaur into present-day New York City via a time vortex. The duo work together to protect the city's Lower East Side from danger. So, yes. Is this that, being done as a live action series or animated? No, no, that's an animated series for Disney I was going to say, because otherwise that would be incredibly interesting to put together and would be kind of, you know, going in a Godzilla man in a suit in a small city kind of approach. I don't think it's aimed at me, but I think the premise sounds amazing. Yes. Yeah, it does. Uh, and, uh, Marvel Animation have announced its first full-length preschool series, which uh, rather unfortunately timed its um, Marvel Spidey and his amazing friends. So... (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's a bit unfortunate given what we were talking about earlier. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a preschool series. It's basically uh, Spidey and the Super Friends uh, working together with like Miles Morales, Gwen, aka Ghost Spider, team up with heroes such as the Hulk, Black Panther, and Miss Marvel to defeat evil foes and learn that teamwork is the best way to save the day. Yay. So, <laughs> so yes, that looks like it could be awesome. So uh, that's all the Disney Plus stuff. Uh, moving on to the Marvel movies they've announced that kit harrington is joining the eternals along with uh, barry cogan and uh, Gemma chan kit harrington is uh, of course known as john snow more than anything else he won't be playing an eternal himself he's playing dame whitman aka black knight uh, in the comics the character is the nephew of, of a villain called black knight however he takes back the mantle and vows to restore the name black knight to the hero he's supposed to be uh, he has been a member of the avengers defense Defenders, Ultra Force, Heroes Fire, and MI13. Gemma Chan, who you know from Humans and Crazy Rich Agents, and we've interviewed numerous times, she will be playing the Eternal Cersei. In the comics, she was something of a party girl. She became a famous entertainer in New York, hosting parties in a loft for film stars, superheroes, and other influential people, with most people just assuming that it was stage magic, because, you know, the Eternals are kind of these characters that live forever and sort of hide in plain sight, essentially. She's also the f- lover or former lover of Black Knight. She has been in a relationship with Black Knight, so I'm assuming that's going to pop up as well. Interestingly, she's been in an MCU movie before because she was Minerva in the uh, Captain Marvel movie, although admittedly was painted blue and in quite a lot of makeup. So, you know, <laughs> but, uh, always happy to have Jenna, Gemma Chan back. And uh, Barry Cogan, you may recognise he was Pavel in Chernobyl. He played George, the young boy in Dunkirk. He's set to play the eternal Droog, who who is a fairly nasty piece of work. He's sought personal power at the expense of others for millennia, specialises in his power in changing, so manipulating reality. Do you know The Eternals particularly well? I, it's not a comic book I know. It's not one I've read. I'm aware of it, but it's not one I've read, so I can't comment too much on 
this other than this cast looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the rest of the cast is uh, Richard Madden, Kamel Najani, Lauren Ridloff, Brian Therese Henry, Salma Hayek, uh, Leah McHugh, Don Lee, and Angelina Jolie are the uh, cast for that. So, I mean, it's a huge cast, but it looks amazing. It's interesting because it's one of those that they kind of announced the Eternals and everybody went, huh? Um, yeah it's not one I would have thought they were going to throw a cast like that at so I'm more intrigued and more impressed and I probably need to now go and pick up the comic books and find out why they think it's worth making into something this big and and yeah putting this much talent in it I rather get the impression that the Eternals wouldn't exist had they saved the Inhumans for a film rather than wasting it on a TV show which didn't go anywhere I think this is their sort of replacement for the Inhumans quite possibly we'll see maybe it was always the plan I don't know but that's the sort of impression I get but I think they pulled together a really interesting cast for it and it's going to be huge budget uh, coming from uh, 6th of November 2020 so end of next year that arrives that film so it's reasonably soon in filmic terms not coming reasonably soon but definitely coming Black Panther 2 that's released on uh, May 2022 that arrives they have officially announced that now I mean we always knew that was coming but uh, they've officially slotted it in now other film news they've announced uh, animated movies Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon uh, Pixar's Onward which has the voice cast of Tom Holland and Chris Pratt voicing uh, two brothers in it I think and uh, Soul which is the new thing they've announced which uh, sees all souls trained to see you seminar uh, once ready this your soul graduates but for Joel Gardner voiced by Jamie Foxx whose life hasn't quite gone as expected he's a high school band teacher with a passion for being a jazz musician in his own right but just as he's about to achieve his dreams he dies and his souls end up at the seminar so it's a very sort of Pixar-y kind of premise that in that it's quite dark but I guess will be quite funny dark um, but brightly coloured seems to be a thing that Pixar are going with at the moment. Yes, so uh, that looks kind of interesting. They've announced two new casting additions for Frozen 2, Evan Rachel Wood and uh, Black Panther and This Is a Star, Sterling K. Brown. Uh, he's getting around quite a bit at the moment as well. New live-action Disney film based on Jungle Cruise, The Ride. They showed footage from Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, which comes out in October, and Disney's Mulan. Uh, oh, and they released a first-look photo of Emma Stone as Cruella in uh, the Cruella movie. So lots and lots of movie stuff. Anything particularly leaping out at you? Well, normally or historically, I would have said basing a movie on a uh, Disney ride is a preposterous idea. However, Pirates of the Caribbean completely proves that any such comments are ridiculous yes. and uh, it could possibly be the best thing we've ever seen. I'm really interested to see Maleficent because I enjoyed the first movie a lot. I really did. Um, and it's one of the few kind of live action Disney type things that I've I really liked because by making it prequels and separate things rather than just doing remakes I feel like I'm getting new material and it isn't constrained by just trying to recreate something else but not yeah so, so yeah less interested for Mulan for the exact opposite reasons obviously <laughs> what a surprise you go towards the goth movie <laughs> yeah yeah I, I'd say I'm not predictable but I always am <laughs> so yeah that's all the stuff from D23 certainly for the moment they did announce some new stuff about uh, the theme parks as well 
well and they're remaking basically flattening and remaking Epcot by the sides of it uh, so uh, there's there's that there's a whole bunch of other bits little bits and pieces but those are all the main stories we got out of D23 with that all out the way let's move on to the interview ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The interview this week is with Emmy-nominated Cobra Kai stunt coordinators Hero Koda and Janelle Kerfman. Hero and Janelle have worked together as stunt coordinators on Cobra Kai, which is coming back for its third season next year. Uh, they've also worked on uh, things like HBO's Big Little Lies. They're nominated for the Outstanding Stunt Coordination Emmy for their work on season two of Cobra Kai. They have worked to both together and separately on a whole bunch of different shows. Uh, Hero worked on True Blood. He was on Sons of Anarchy, Last Ship, Ozark, uh, Super Ninjas, which won him his first Emmy. Janelle's worked on Avatar. Uh, she doubled for Sandra Bullock in Bird Box. She doubled for Michaela Collin on uh, Bones, uh, Angie Harmon on Rizalian Isles, and uh, she doubled for Karen Gillian on Welcome to the Jungle as well. Andy's doubling for her again on the sequel. So uh, we had lots and lots to talk about. Here's the interview with Hero and Janelle. We'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week it's great to be able to talk because you've you've been working on some wonderful shows particularly cobra kai which is is the thing you're emmy nominated for where so congratulations on that it's an interesting job to get into how did both of you get into it for me i um I got my SAG card when I was 12 years old, doing a national commercial and dabbed into acting for a little bit. And then the writers uh, had a strike the, the year that I tried to start getting right. into act. Uh, and it shut the industry down for quite a while. Um, I've grown up in martial arts my whole life. So I was traveling all over the country competing and, and whatnot. But uh, my father, he trained a couple of stunt folks, kickboxing. And uh, when we were in L.A. visiting, I got to go and visit a movie set and I met a ton of stunt people doing a rehearsal. It was a stunt rehearsal and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So since I was like 12, that's like all I wanted to do. Jackie Chan. Buster Keaton is like one of my favorites growing oh, yeah. up. By the time I was uh, 16 turning 17, I had uh, made the move to California to become a stuntman and try to figure this business out. And here I am today. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> do you know, how about you? Well, I didn't know as early on as Hito that this was even a choice for a career. <laughs> <laughs> I was a competitive gymnast growing up and then went on to play basketball in college And then I was dancing professionally in LA. I had an agent. I was a Laker girl. I was, you know, doing commercials and music videos and that sort of thing as a um, professional dancer. And I got a call from my agent that there was this top secret feature film that was looking for tall, graceful, athletic women to do motion capture. And at that point, I had no idea what motion capture was. (laughs) Um, But I went in and I auditioned and ended up screen testing and then ultimately ended up on 
on that film for three years, which was Avatar with Jim Cameron and worked very close with the stunt team. And in that experience, it made me realize, wow, like this is what I want to get into. This is really the embodiment of everything I love about movement and action and performance all wrapped into one. So once Avatar was over, I started to make that transition from dancing professionally into stunt work. (laughs) <laughs> wow, what a, what a shift. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> <laughs> you do work together on some projects, but not on everything, sort of, I guess, depending what it is. You have both been working on Cobra Kai, though. Yes. Cobra Kai must have been a great show to come together on because it's pretty much based around martial arts and fighting and stuff. So there's, there's a lot for you to be able to get hold of on a show like that. It's an incredible show to be a part of. Um, the creation creators, John, Josh, and Hayden are incredible writers and just the story alone going through and reading all the scripts, it's such a joy. And this cast and crew, incredible. They're all amazing. And I mean, growing up in martial arts, my father was my instructor. He was basically my Mr. Miyagi and he, uh, and Karate Kid was a huge part of my childhood. And, and to get the call to come on board of Cobra Kai was, it was pretty much a dream come true. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. Did you go on that show together or did one of you land it first and then you ended up with both of you getting involved? I started the show first season and ran through the pretty much the, the first season. Janelle was very busy on other shows. Um, she came in and out and they played here and there. Um, but towards the end when we were getting to the finale at the all valley karate championship yeah i mean janelle tells this story the best because it was it was a lot to take in and a lot to do and so i brought her in as to as another coordinator i just there was no way to do it by myself there was how many fights were we doing we yeah i came in for that final sequence for the all valley tournament and we choreographed rehearsed taught and previs 20 fights in about four days <laughs> to do that much choreography to make it all look different to make sure your actors are dialed into what they need to be it was a lot and Hito was actually on camera as well during that sequence he played the center ref so he needed an extra person to you know not only help with the preparation but the days when we were actually shooting you know, you always need to have a stunt coordinator behind monitor to make sure the hits are sailing, to make sure all of the action looks clean and crisp and is shot well. So I was sort of his eyes behind camera while he was in front of camera. (laughs) And then season two came around and they upped the action a thousand percent. So the two of us just sort of rolled right into season two together. Season one had that big tournament at the end. Season two has this huge showdown at the high school as well. How how was it prepping something which is is essentially a sort of staged organizer event compared to a sort of massive rumble? It was insane. The writers, John, Josh and Hayden basically kept parallel it to a prison brawl. Right. So, <laughs> so we kept coming in with like, okay, there's, there just has to be chaos. And we sat down with a script and just started to organize that chaos into bits and pieces and that were manageable. Yeah. We had to map every bit of it out to figure out where everybody was going to be and where they were going from point A to point B in the location at the school. Cause it was all over the place.
place in that school. Right. Because I guess you've got to make it look chaotic, but not be chaotic because you don't want people hurting each other. So Yeah, safety was our number one concern for sure. The biggest difficulty for us and the challenge for us was we just the time. We didn't have a whole lot of time. The amount of stuff that we did, we shot in three days over a period of three weekends because uh, the building that we were using was not available during the week. So we only were able to shoot on the weekends. Right. So it was split up over three weekends or two and a half weekends or whatever. But uh, and, and then the time of coming to the finale of the season, it was, you know, everybody's working different scenes. So bringing them in to learn their choreography and keeping their training going prior to was was very difficult as well. So we took time on our weekends prior to the weekends of us shooting to try to put all this together. And then even as we were going, just things were changing a little bit here and there and trying to shorten things up or make things longer or make them go different directions. We were choreographing there on the day for, okay, this is what we're going to be doing tomorrow. So we're going to do this section. And it, it was pretty chaotic there just doing everything prior to shooting it. Yeah, the weeks leading up to it where, you know, because every like, like Hito said, the cast is shooting during that time. And we would have, you know, one of the ADs would say, okay, you've got 30 minutes with Mary Mauser. And so it'd be like, okay, who knows Mary's choreography? (laughs) (laughs) Let's get her through the paces. Let's get her to, you know, to know what she needs. And that was the thing too, was making sure that every time we did do a chunk of choreography for a specific thing is that we referenced it on our iPhone, because a lot of times we would get to putting it all together and be like, okay, wait a second. What were those 12 beats that I choreographed three days ago (laughs) that I want to put in here. So, and that's another really important thing is just making sure we reference everything like as we come up with it. Yeah. An incredible stunt team and all of our doubles, our main double, our main cast doubles, they're great doubles for all their actors. And they were with us through all of this the whole time. I just kept them on and like, we just need to like pull them when we can and work with them. Are you responsible for, for training the actors in, martial arts to be able to make it look real when they're doing the fight sequences as well because I mean there must be an awful lot of that on Cobra Kai absolutely Um, we started way back when we started the first season of Cobra Kai we started training in Los Angeles prior to because we because Cobra Kai is shot in Atlanta Georgia Um, so we would start our training in LA and they would continue their training in LA before they flew out to Atlanta as soon as they get to Atlanta they're just continually training here in Atlanta and it went through the same way on second season training in LA before they came to Atlanta. Then they start here. We have a gym set up at the studio for us to train in uh, and we're just gearing up now for season three. So the cast is now training in LA right now, getting ready to come here. They'll be here in a week and then we start training here with them. And basically with them, it's like through prep and before we start filming, they're in the gym every day training with us. And then once filming starts, we work out a schedule with them as far as how their shooting schedule goes and we pull them in. They come in and train as much as they can learning choreography and just continuing their martial arts training as well, which has been nice because a lot of the kids, none of them had martial arts experience prior to. So they've progressed with the season as the story progresses, which is, is kind of cool. I was going to say, has there been any actors that you've been training on this, that you've been particularly impressed by? I just have really managed to pick it up. Uh, Jacob Bertrand, who plays Hawk, right? he's an incredible athlete. And, and in fact, I mean, that kid, if he didn't want to 
act and wanted to be a stuntman, I'd put him on my team. <laughs> he is pretty uh, incredibly talented. All of the kids are, and they all work very, very hard. Sholo, I mean, I can't say anything about any of them. Sholo, it's just, from the beginning to where he's at today is just an incredible difference with the first day that I saw him throw a punch. <laughs> and then you have Mary, who didn't have any action in the first season, and then jumped to second season where she had loads of action. And, you know, her and Janelle, I'll let her tell you her story because Janelle and her worked together quite a bit. And she was probably one of the hardest working last season because she hadn't done anything like this before. Yeah, it it really was cool coming on full time second season because they had some really strong female characters step up the action as well. Peyton List's character, who I also was the stunt double for, Tori, and then Mary Mauser's character, Samantha, really increased their amount of action as well. So it was really cool coming on full-time second season to see their action increase. Um, And Mary was such a hard worker. She reached a lot of her goals as a martial artist and a lot of her goals just physically and athletically. And to see where she went from the beginning of the season to the end of the season was astounding. So you're coming back for the third season, which you're starting to shoot fairly soon. You talked about the the action from season one to season two going up a thousand percent. What sort of percentage is it moving up for season three? I know you can't tell me specifics about anything, but... Well, we just got the first two scripts and I'll just say this, they're not letting up. <laughs> good, good. Well, uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that coming back. Um, other shows you've worked on as well, Stranger Things. Were you both working on that, or was that just Hero? Yeah, that was just Hero. I was um, busy on something else when he was on that. Yeah, I mean, Stranger Things. This last season was particularly superb, and awesome. one of the episodes that you were responsible for was the Battle of Starcourt. Um, you were stunt coordinator on. Uh, how was that to work on? Stranger Things was an incredible show to work on. It was extremely difficult. I second unit directed the third season as well. I saw that, uh, yeah. That show, I mean, when I first got the show, I remembering like the first two seasons I had seen and I was like, there's not a whole lot of action on this show. It's busy, but it's not crazy. And then when I started getting into season three, it was like, whoa, they've <laughs> amped up this action like way more than they uh, had in the past. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was such a fun show to work on. The cast on that show is amazing. The Duffer Brothers, it was an honor to work for them. And it was such an amazing thing for them to trust in me and second unit directing some of their scenes and to be able to do that finale sequence. It was incredible. Um, I got, I mean, just I had the main cast was coming in on my sets when I was directing second unit and I was shooting with them. It was, it was incredible. It was a good experience for sure. Yeah. Is directing something that you'd like to do a bit more of? Yeah. Directing is where I'm headed. I mean, I, I love second unit directing. I love stunt coordinating and designing action. That's like, I've been doing that for now for 30 years. And, (laughs) but directing is ultimately where I want to go. I, Janelle and I have projects that we've done together separately that uh, she writes and we co-wrote a a project called Contrato that she produced, wrote, and I directed. And uh, it premiered at the Arizona International Film Festival this year. So that was kind of exciting for us. Yeah. Stunt work is one of those things that I, I guess there comes a point where you think, I'm getting too old for doing this. <laughs> no, There's definitely an 
expiration date. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as far as coordinating, you can coordinate for quite some time now. Cause I, I hire the people to do the hard hits and all that stuff for me. I just get to design it and say, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Makes life a lot easier. Get less, less uh, getting hit in the face. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So out of all the projects you worked on, cause there's, there's, I mean, things from Avengers through to Lucifer and Bird Box, you were the double for Sandra Bullock and Big Little Lies you worked on. I wouldn't have thought there were a huge amount of stunts in that, really. But You'd be surprised. Yeah, I'm sure. Those actually on that show were even more difficult only because, I mean, the content itself dealt with domestic abuse and stuff, but she had to do a lot of that doubling of Nicole Kidman right. you know, in broad panic. She didn't wasn't able to wear any padding or any kind of thing like that. So it made it the harder, the hits were much harder. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Um, there's a whole range of shows you've worked on. Is there one particular sequence you're each most proud of the way it came out? That's a really tough question. <laughs> I'm, the finale sequence of season two of Cobra Kai was, we're super proud of that sequence. I mean, the, the big one 88 seconds long in that hallway was 98% cast with a couple of quick Texas switches of stunt people coming in and out of that. But that was, that was something that we were very, very proud of. And I'm obviously very proud of the stuff I did on Stranger Things, that finale fight with Gregory and uh, yeah. for was like my baby last year when I was directing that. So that was, I'm very proud of that sequence as well for yeah. you. Uh, for me, I, you know, I would say the first Jumanji movie, I doubled Karen Gillan as right. Ruby Roundhouse and I just, I really enjoyed every piece of action that I got to perform in that movie, along with just having an amazing cast, an amazing stunt team. It really is a Jumanji family. Like I really just adore the whole production team, our director, our cast, everybody. But I think for me, it was also a personal challenge. I did the entire movie with a herniated disc in my back. (laughs) Oh, wow. I was facing my own challenges. And of course, as a stunt person, we don't ever let anybody know that. So I was just sort of silently suffering on the sidelines, but then coming in and doing my job. And I think for me, it was also a huge accomplishment physically and mentally to get through that and to have become as close as I did with the stunt team and the cast and everything also made it really special. So that's something I look back on and I'm extremely proud of. You went back for the second movie as well, which I know is in post-production at the moment it's not out yet but uh, it is yeah you're back for the second one as well that's doubling uh, Karen Gillan again yes yeah, awesome. we just finished that in May. Cool. That's definitely one to look out for. Has anybody come to you with a stunt and you've looked at it and gone, how are we going to be able to pull this off? You know, it looks great on a page, but how on earth are we going to bring this to screen? And you've managed to pull it off. Yeah. You know, I think that all the time. And this is the incredible thing about my husband. Keto will look at something and know immediately how to pull it off. What little tweak need to be made what needs to change still to this day baffles me where I'm, I'll look at something like there's no way we it, this you can't do that and he'll say well if we do this and this and just you know tweak this a little bit it'll be perfect and it's like oh my god yes but I guess that's what comes when you've been in the business for 30 years and have a brain like it <laughs> I guess yeah so last couple of questions. One of the things that stood out for me on Heroes IMDb, you did motion capture for Star Wars Galaxies 
It was about 2003. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I only, I only spotted that because I loved that game. I was utterly obsessed oh, with you? it. Yes, I was completely <laughs> obsessed with that game. So, <laughs> That's all me. <laughs> <laughs> so were you were you doing the motion capture for everything on that, basically? I did every, I did every character in that game. Wow. And, and that, that was the first experience I ever had with sort of being in the motion capture suit, which today I think motion capture is very different. Janelle is very savvy on all the motion capture, but that I'm was sure, yeah. years ago. It was very new. That was my first time doing that. And I did like four days straight of just every single character in that movie. I mean, that game. And I, I, I never wanted to do motion capture again. <laughs> 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 yes, yes. Very different to doing something like Avatar, I'm fairly sure at this point. <laughs> yeah. I was in a black room in front of a bunch of guys in front of a computer and they're going, okay, now let's turn this way and do the same thing. Okay, <laughs> turn this way and do the same thing. <laughs> it was just like, oh. Yeah. Well, like, that's funny. Found that game. that was the first and probably last time that I actually got in a motion capture suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it just stuck out to me because the game itself isn't active anymore because it was all sort of an online thing. But people run copies of it on their own little servers now and and have their own little kind of versions of it on private servers. So it does still survive, even though <laughs> that it's not sort of still out there. Awesome. But, but uh, yeah, no, it was fabulous, that game. I, I really loved it. Uh, that's the only reason it stood out to me particularly, but I just thought that was funny. So last couple of questions for you. First one would be, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Well, we just finished Catastrophe. Oh, yeah. Which is brilliantly writ- written. Have you watched it? Uh, I have. I have seen it. It's hilarious. It's yeah. so funny. And we actually don't watch a lot of action. We watch a lot of drama. I'm still finishing up the last season of Scandal. I'm a little bit behind on that, but we mm-hmm. love like How to Get Away with Murder. We recently finished The Good Wife, which we both really loved. Our, our favorite TV show of all time is Breaking Bad. Yeah. There just has not been anything like it. No, since. no, I would agree with you on, on that. It's quite funny when you're talking to people and if you're talking to a composer, half the time they'll pick something that has no music in it as being the thing they watch because... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, like we don't watch Walking Dead. We don't watch Game of Thrones. We don't watch any of like the big action. We watch the shows that we do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll watch Cobra Kai and like Big Little Lies and the TV shows that we work on. But for the most part... It's not our leisure time stuff. Yeah. To watch. yeah. We like good drama and good comedy. Yeah. So I might know the answer to this given what you've just said, but uh, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present, or future, not one you've worked on, which knocks out quite a few things, which show would it be? Oh, man. I, I love Breaking Bad so much. I would have loved to have worked on that show. <laughs> yeah. I thought Breaking Bad might come up. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a, a fun one to work on um one of my dad's favorite shows growing up was magnum pi (laughs) and i remember that was back in the day when they did huge stunts you know there wasn't a lot of visual effects so they were doing all of those things practically and i just remember the car chases and you know the helicopters and the fights and that would have been a fun one to go back and work on so original magnum pi not remake original yes (laughs) yes Magnum PI. <laughs> Tom Selleck, Magnum PI, and you get to be in Hawaii. What more could you uh, want? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, I shall let you get back because I know you're extremely busy. So I'll let you get back to it. But it's been really wonderful talking to you. Good luck with the ME. I really hope you win because that will be fabulous. Oh, Thank thanks you so much, David. Thank you. This has been fun. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Have a great day. Cheers. See you soon. Bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Emmy nominated Cobra Kai stunt coordinators, Hero Coda and Janelle Kurtman. You can watch Cobra Kai on YouTube right now. Uh, I'm not sure whether they've switched over to it being all free with ads now or whether it's because they were going to switch the originals over so they went out for free but uh, if not you can get them on certainly get the first episode for free uh, if not you can get them on um, YouTube Premium as well but they're all up on there go look for them on YouTube uh, it's a fabulous series if you've not seen Cobra Kai it's really good fun now we've got some highlights for next week on TV <laughs> So highlights for next week. We have Carnival Row, the new series coming to Amazon Prime on the 30th of August. This is the fantasy noir set in the neo-Victorian city with mythical creatures fleeing their war-torn homeland, having gathered and tensions are simmering between citizens and growing immigrant population. Uh, stars Cara Delevingne and Orlando Bloom. This sort Ooh. of sounds like your sort of show, I would have thought. It does. I'm just looking at this going, how am I not aware of this? Probably because I've been too distracted by reading news about the thing you're going to mention in a second but yeah i need to now go and look carnival row up straight after the podcast yes i think they've renewed that for a second season as well so uh yeah definitely want to go and watch uh netflix also starting on the 30th of august is the dark crystal age of resistance which is a series prequel based around the famous dark crystal jim henson movie and returns to the world of thra with an all-new adventure um so uh yeah we'll be publishing that all over the place but uh, that i know you're off big excited for as well. Definitely. I'm a huge fan of Jim Henson's Creature Workshop in, in general and things like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal are my, some of my favourite films in the world. So really looking forward to that. They've also got a, a comic book series out, which oh, they've cool. got a prequel to, to Labyrinth they released uh, last year and they've got a Dark Crystal comic book series out as well, which are both pretty good. Nice. Okay. Worth going to check out. Other things, we've got Rami, which is uh, coming to Stars Play on the 30th of August as well. Uh, comedy drama which follows a first generation Egyptian American on his spiritual journey in his politically divided New Jersey neighborhood. Shameless USA comes with season eight to Netflix on the 1st of September. So that is back. X Company returns for a second season to history on the 3rd of September. That's at 9pm. That is returning. And The Capture, season one of this comes to BBC One on the 3rd of September at 9pm. This looks at the troubling world of misinformation and fake news as a proud soldier finds himself caught in a web of lies, betrayal and corruption. Stars Callum Turner and Holiday Granger. Also has uh, Ron Perlman in it as well. So uh, I, I think that could be one worth going to watch out for it's one of those kind of sunday night dramas that the bbc do so well so i i think that's going to be one to look out for called the capture though that and that's on bbc one on the 3rd of september at 9 p.m so that is everything for this week we've packed quite a lot in i think yeah it's been a pretty epic week for, for tv and film news it has uh, so where can people find you if people would like to look up the other things i do then i am trista bites spelt b-y-t-e-s because i thought i was being funny and could make a pun with my name uh, I can be found on YouTube Facebook Twitter Instagram and also streaming on Twitch on Sunday and Monday evenings yes go and check out the Twitch stream it's very funny and you can... sometimes not
not intentionally. <laughs> yes, quite often. Watch her set things on fire and drop stuff. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and some of it not in the computer games. <laughs> yes, quite often. Uh, so, for us, of course, you can find us at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date info. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 